this is Christy. Hey, is this Christy Pudick? This is. Hey, Christy, I'm calling from the Disney Port Authority here, and you have a positive COVID-27 test. <laughs> Hi, Chad. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, and we are coming to you live from the parking garage across from the beautiful Disney fantasy. And I am actually joined in the car as I wait for what is hopefully a negative COVID test by Mr. Chad Pennycuff from the My DVC Points Podcast. We're both sort of waiting to board the ship and hoping for that negative test, but wanted to talk to Chad first about the COVID testing process, but also just about general excitement for this cruise. So, Chad, what did you think about the, uh, well, let's talk about the arrival into the port. You got to see the ship from a distance. Was that, was that exciting? That was pretty cool. And the PCR test that they're giving us here, that was pretty dang efficient. I was pretty impressed. They had pull up into a parking spot. You don't have to back out. You just pull straight out of it. Take the test, the little kits, scan the QR codes. They, they've got this thing down, man. I, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, it was. It reminded me a lot of the fantasy, or sorry, the dream cruise that we took recently in terms of process. It did seem like they were moving pretty efficiently. So we'll see how long the test takes. I think we've been waiting now for about fifteen-ish minutes. So we've got another at least forty-five to go, probably a little longer than that. But very efficient. So hopefully the wait time isn't too long. I guess the porter who took our bags told me that the ship only has eleven hundred people on it this time. Which the last time I was on it had fourteen hundred. I've heard about passenger counts as low as nine hundred, but eleven hundred is pretty empty. So the porter welcomed us to our private. <laughs> yacht courtesy of disney cruise line today so uh it's gonna be interesting to see how empty or full the ship feels chad i've been on i've been on the disney fantasy more times than uh, any other ship so i i already know what waits me in store but as you're staring at this ship are you getting excited to get on i am i'm sitting here watching the water move on the aqueduct and i'm going i need to be in that I need to be in that, Brian. And I haven't seen anybody go down it yet. I think it'll be a few more minutes at least. I see some people walking up there on deck. What's your uh, What's your first stop once we get on board, Chad? Do you have something you want to do first? Aqueduct. I mean, th- that water is just like taunting me, flowing through there. I'm a water park guy. Like, <laughs> it's just taunting me. <laughs> well, you will really like the aqueduct. Well... We are going to pause it there, hopefully not jinx some uh, some negative COVID test results here by uh, recording before we even get them back. But uh, excited, staring at the ship. If they don't let me on, I'll, I, will, I will shed a tear. But we can't wait to get on board and more to come. All right, we're back. Live from Family Beach 1 on Castaway Key from right behind the bar, which is nice because the rum and cokes come fast here. Caribbean vibes in the background, and we're sitting on a sandy beach after about a half day on Castaway Key. But we got to rewind a little bit all the way to embarkation day. So obviously we made it on the ship, everyone. Yay! The test came back negative. It's the only time that I failed a test that I really appreciate. And so we got to start all the way back at embarkation process. Some observations from me based on my prior cruise on the Dream. First, I thought the testing process was super efficient. I'm really impressed with what Disney did to be able to test everyone getting on board. I also think based on some conversation I heard between cast members at uh, at the check in process that we were probably toward the tail end of boarding because uh, I think I heard them say there was about only 200 to 300 people left to board after us and so that's the bulk of the ship was boarded already so I just I, I thought you know 45 minutes to an hour 
pretty damn good for a COVID test. So I'm pretty pretty happy that they uh, they managed to get everyone tested. Uh, it sounds like didn't hear about any significant delays. We did get some listener questions about how many people tested positive, all that sort of stuff. Disney's not going to reveal that kind of number. <laughs> They're not going to want that out in the world. But you know, I haven't heard any stories since we've been on board. Certainly haven't heard a big hubbub about people being turned away in our Facebook group. So seems like most folks uh, made it on. 1,100 people. The ship feels a little bit empty, although Castaway Key today feels a little bit fuller than it did last time. But that may be a function of the fact that the last time I was here, I was in a grand family cabana on a far end of a beach. And so uh, things looked a little emptier. But still, uh, you know, you got kind of got pick of your chairs. You could be up front by the beach or not. I want to shift it over to Chad because I want to get his thoughts on what embarkation was like. Uh, we we bypassed, by the way, I've always done this thing where I say, oh, I'm Castaway Club. And they drag me to a line and I stare at the other line and go, it's so much shorter for the people who aren't Castaway Club members. Should get in that line. We did beat that line by getting in the newcomer's line, but only by a hair. So the message there is both lines seem to move at about the same clip. So, but Chad, what did you think about the uh, the testing and embarkation uh, process there on day one? The big thing was just chilling out in the car. And I could not believe somebody was having their own little rock concert, four parking spots down from us. And tailgating. Yeah, like I think tailgating at the DCL parking deck is going to be a thing now with all these COVID tests. So just bring your tailgate crew and we'll get that thing a rocking. Chad, you had your first time into the Disney atrium. What did you think about the boarding uh, into the ship? You know, you hear about people's name being announced and it being this big thing. And I just kept looking at it going, okay, that was quick and easy and almost like canned manufactured. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I have to just wait till it's just the complete Pennycuff family because I've got my whole crew with me. Maybe that'll make it different, Brian. It's a knife to the heart to any Disney Cruise Line fan out there. That atrium boarding is special, especially if you've boarded another cruise line because sometimes they just shove you onto deck one or two and you have to walk through stateroom hallways when you board the ship. So uh, we love the announcement over here on the DCL Duo. It's a great thing. And you can you can game it. We actually should have had them announce that they were boarding the My DVC Points podcast for each other uh, because they, would, they will say whatever you give them to say. Um, so yeah. But uh, all right. So we did boarding, did embar- embarkation boarding. They're still running the show with Mickey and Minnie, which I think is awesome. But I, you know, sadly, I think that will go away once regular boarding uh, resumes because then they're just pushing families through the uh, through the atrium there. And there's no time to really stop and see like a two minute show. It would take too long. But uh, but who knows? Maybe Disney will figure something out. I, I do think it's a cool way to welcome folks on board. Uh, went to our virtual muster drill. And unlike my experience on the dream, the virtual muster drill actually worked this time. So I understand how it happens now. You go to your muster station. They have you use your phone to scan the the muster sign so that they know that you have arrived at the correct muster station. And then they check your stateroom off as having, um, having achieved the muster drill. So for the video games out there, you've unlocked the muster drill achievement on your cruise. Uh, and so we did that took all of five minutes and then headed to our staterooms. Staterooms were ready on board by noon. We boarded around 1.30. Uh, I guess we forgot to say that we were a little late to the port this time, or maybe we said that in the first segment. So by the time we got on board, staterooms were ready. Luggage was not there. In the dream, our luggage was kind of waiting for us already when we got there. Probably took a couple hours for luggage to show up, but it was still there much faster than what I've experienced uh, on other cruises. Chad, stateroom, family deluxe stateroom with a veranda. What do you think? I'm all in, man. I'm all in because I have a family of five, so there's not very many room choices for a family of five. This room, we could make it. I mean, seven nights here, we'd be pulling each other's hair out like by the end of the cruise. But I think we could make seven nights on this cruise. Finishing up embarkation day, the surprise to me was that's a legit day on the ship. I mean, we were in by noon. They didn't pull out of that dock till what, eight o'clock at night? 
Yeah, we didn't head out until almost seven, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was dang near dark by the time we started sailing. And that felt like a full day on that cruise to me. Like, I, I've always thought of you didn't get really a full day on the starting in the last day. Well, you definitely don't the last day. But embarkation day, on the other hand, I'm going I'm to chalk that up as a full legit day on the cruise ship. I'd agree, especially since they've pushed the port arrival times back. So you're getting on the ship at more of a normal time now. Uh, it did feel uh, much more like a normal day. I missed the deck party for the sail away. We didn't have that on the dream either. And I know it's not there right now, but it's, it is a fun kind of moment to get everyone together on the deck and do the embarkation sail away party. But we were up on deck. Ch- Chad managed to see the uh, the show, which we should touch on too. Wait, before we go there, though, I will remark Chad's first comment on the stateroom was that the rounded bathtub was a wasted space. We're going to put a pin in that because he's going to tell you why it wasn't, I think, once we hit day two. But he did it. He did, so so he did think the round bathtub was a little bit of a waste, but uh, we'll get there in a second. Chad, you hit the show before Sail Away. I kind of wandered around. I've, I've seen the Aladdin show a couple times. And as anyone who listens to our show knows, I'm not the Broadway musical fan. Sam is. So I kind of like to wander around up on the top deck and take in the view and grab a drink while we wait for Sail Away. And I, and I got to hear that Mickey horn when we sail away. So I do not want to miss that. Chad wandered to the uh, the show for the evening. So got to see Aladdin. What'd you think of the Aladdin stage production? Two thumbs up on Aladdin. Okay. It didn't quite fully meet all the expectations. But then again, I looked at it and I was like, wow, they've got projection mapping going on in here. And this is the first time I'd been to a theater since projection mapping became a thing so i was pretty impressed with all the projection mapping and everything that was going on to change scenes it just seemed like there wasn't enough staff right like when you start realizing hey they reuse this same guy in eight roles you start to go how many people do they have to pull this off i started counting and i think i I quit at around 18 is the the staff for the actor staff that was on the ship and so it was like, huh, what? Yeah, they definitely have. I mean, it's it's not uh, unusual for Disney Cruise Line. You've got kind of the entertainment staff or the show staff, and they kind of rotate through roles and shows. It does feel like a pretty lean cast right now, but uh, still amazing to see a Broadway caliber show. We did sail away on the top deck. We uh, we were on the, uh, the front of the ship as the ship sailed out. It, it is clear that Port Canaveral is very leanly staffed at the moment. There were three ships in port, and it took us until 7 o'clock to embark, even though uh, I think everyone was on by 4.30 or 5.00. It was clear they were taking, they took the Carnival Mardi Gras out and then the pilot boat came back, grabbed the Carnival. I'm not sure which Carnival ship was in uh, port with the Mardi Gras, but grabbed the other Carnival ship and then we were last out. Still a cool sail away. Always fun to wave at the folks at Fish Lips and just, you know, watch the uh, the sail away. We got to see the pilot jump off onto the pilot boat, which is always kind of fun to see too. So after that, we had late dining and we headed to our first dining experience, which is Enchanted Garden. I don't know if I've ever made this opinion known on the show, but Enchanted Garden is kind of my least favorite of the the Disney dining experiences. Uh, I just, I think it's in desperate need of some refurbishment and upgrade. They have removed the teacup tables from Enchanted Garden. I don't know if we mentioned that on our dream uh, review, but they've removed the teacup tables, a bunch of different reasons why we think they've removed them. But one of them is that they've added that character show in. And I think the teacup tables with the high backs would make it hard for other tables in the restaurant to be able to see. But yeah, so Chad's first experience with main dining, I, you know, we, we love Disney Cruise Line dining. We know there's some hits and misses in terms of dishes. I will compliment, I will say before I give it to Chad, I will compliment our dining staff. Uh, they're doing a great job as is all the staff on board to try and make us feel welcome. <laughs> our, our poor assistant server comes over and talks to us constantly because he wants to be friendly and it's great. It's great to meet him. Um, but yeah, so Chad, your first experience, Enchanted Garden, Disney dining. I will preview this by saying 
Chad was a little disappointed with the, the food quality. So everyone kind of, you know, gird your loins because uh, Chad's got an honest review of some Disney food here. So, uh, Chad, what did you think of the Disney the Disney food in Enchanted Garden? Well, since you queued up that prime rib, oh my gosh, it was like tough as leather. And it was probably like a two and a half, three inch cut. So generous portion, but what they gave me just, it wasn't like juicy. It wasn't marbly. It was just very gritty and like, and I asked for medium well, to be honest. So there's a little bit on me for prime rib, but that usually means you get the end. And this was the very end. But still, it shouldn't have been that low of grade of meat. It had no marbling or anything like that. So, but, you know, as, as usual, you don't make the guy sweat. It was wonderful. Go on to the next bite. Right. So now in terms of theming there. I think they could very easily, with very minimal effort, convert that dining room into Pixie Hollow and from Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure from the animated series of Tinkerbell. And it would just be absolutely positively amazing because you could just have fairies fly over the ceiling. Okay, while you're having dining and they could just project that down and some Tinkerbell sounds and it'd be awesome. Okay, And, and all the different various fairies. All right, dear, dear Disney Imagineering, you've got it there. Uh, not trademark. Take it. Run with it. Please do something. So the one dish that we did get the sea bass for the table, I was going to comment that I tried the scallop dish for the first time because the uh, the porter that we had take our bags was giving us his recommendations. And he said, definitely get the sea scallop. Uh, the sea scallops were really good. It's like sea scallops with tomato uh, Israeli couscous. And uh, it was really good. But yeah, Chad, what did you think of the sea bass, which is a perennial Disney Cruise Line favorite? Oh, the sea bass was phenomenal. Your, your, your prime rib sins are forgiven. Okay. <laughs> like you made up for it with that one. And I guess that's the cool thing about Disney Cruise Line is you can order an additional or if you don't like it, you can say, bring me this. And like I said, I I walked away happy, but I was still, I'm going to be honest on a podcast or on a review or something where it doesn't really matter to the staff and their bonuses or their gradings or whatever else. They worked their tail off to do whatever they could do. I think one of them made a a comment like, be honest, we didn't cook it. We just serve it. And (laughs) (laughs) but the sea bass was amazing. The scallops were amazing because I stole one off Brian's plate. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, I get Disney dining and I get why everybody just raves about you can just try something else. We also did dessert. Sam insisted that uh, Chad try the sticky date pudding. Unfortunately, not his jam. So Sam had a little unhappy face on the text message where I relayed that feedback to her. But uh, I will also say sticky date pudding. I enjoy it. Not my favorite dessert. Sam will eat it every night. Uh, that puts us into... Well, that night we did we did do some adult entertainment, which... I didn't get a chance to do on the dream because Sam and Nathan were with me. Uh, unfortunately, Skyline Bar remains closed, which is a real sad point in my book because I think Skyline is a great bar. But we went to the tube. You know, actually, before we do that, Chad, I wanted to comment that we toured the ship and you got to see some of the kids spaces on board. Now, your kids aren't in tow with you this time around. But what did you think of those kids spaces on board, the team club and the kids club that you got to see? Okay, again, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> lives up to all the hype, and I could see how kids would go nuts there. I did FaceTime my kids from there, which was the first time they found out I was going on a Disney cruise because I wasn't going to face that you're leaving us to go on a cruise thing. No, 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 no. I'd, we'll tell them after we're there. And <laughs> so I fell on the sword on that one. Of course, it's the promise I'll bring them. 
So you've you got to follow it up with that to somehow like lessen the blow that dad's on a cruise. Uh, dad's on a Disney cruise and you're not. <laughs> yeah, my son is still blissfully ignorant at home, but uh, I will try to find him something in the gift shop to bring home later today. But yeah, I, I will still say my shout out to Disney Cruise Line is if you could build a vibe for uh, the rest of us, I would really appreciate it because that is a cool space. I think it's one of the coolest spaces on the ship. And uh that evening, we did. We, so as I mentioned, we went to the Tube. We did do a little adult entertainment. They did some 80s trivia, 80s music trivia, and we played snippets. Samantha is our adult entertainment director, and I think she's been really fun and phenomenal and, and uh, has a good personality and everything. So she's been a lot of fun to see in the Tube on a nightly basis. Uh, and then we called it a night and got up on day two. We haven't talked about Chad Cabana's yet. So you got to experience Cabana's breakfast and Cabana's lunch on day one. And again... Uh, everyone buckle up because Chad has some thoughts on cabanas. Chad, what did you think about cabanas overall? Eggs were epic fail. <laughs> like epic fail. Like runny and like somehow can... I, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like congealed or like quasi... Like egg jello? <laughs> yeah, like egg jello, but runny and just no, no. Now the ham croissants, those things were pretty darn good. And the lunch meat I found to be really, really high quality. I really enjoyed the ham slices, the turkey slices. They were of a higher quality than just, you know, highly processed, you know, wet, slimy turkey is what my wife calls it. So it may be fresh made on board, honestly. They may be like uh, roasting turkey and then slicing it. And in all honesty, I don't know that that's the case. I will say Cabana's offerings remain limited, which is not surprising at this moment in time. And I think some of the food quality issues that you see in Cabana's right now are because the offerings are limited and because the capacities are low, you're not getting the kind of turnover in the food. So it just doesn't feel as fresh. And and so, you know, some of the stuff like desserts and things like that still look very much on point because they kind of keep well sitting out for a little while. But chicken fingers, French fries, stuff like that just starts to dry out over time. Chad, you also tried some of the quick service food at lunch the other day. And again, there were some uh, communication difficulties with the staff that uh, did not get your order right. And so what did you think of the uh, the pool deck quick service food? I ordered a grilled chicken sandwich plain and it came crispy with like sauce and other stuff. And with me telling them, no, 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 plain like three times. So I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm not fighting it. I'll eat what I want and go on from there. But that was a little bit of a challenge. So again, it was nice, but yet I kind of missed cabanas because I had a massage at like eight. And so after massage, I instantly went and got something to eat. And then, you know, of course, after the massage, your body's releasing all the toxins, whatever. It was an 8 a.m. massage, so I had to get up early to get there and make sure I wasn't late. So I took a nap afterwards. And I didn't get up till like 2 when Cabanas had closed. So that forced me back up to Flo's to scrounge for something for lunch. But it was nice to see that they had some fresh cut fruit there. I didn't feel venturous enough to try to have a custom sandwich made because I, I'm just not a condiment guy, especially if it's been sitting there a while. Like, made to order is my thing. And I could see late night pizza after a few drinks. That would be some awesome pizza. But the crust looked to be pre-made, pre-baked. And then they just throw some toppings on it and melt the cheese. That didn't really go over all that well. I was kind of expecting a little higher caliber than, than that. But I guess it's free. So we're included in the price. So what can you do, right? 
So I I hung out at uh, Satellite Falls most of the day in the adult pool area for a little while. A couple things I did that I haven't done before, or not not done before, but are new to me or new since I cruised on the Dream. So one, uh, I did do a beverage tasting. I've not been a big mixology class person, but I decided I want to try this beverage tasting they were offering called Kickstart Your Day. It was sort of like a 10 a.m. beverage class. Why not? So I did the beverage tasting at 10 a.m. called Kickstart Your Day. I will say the tasting itself was really cool. It was three premixed juices that were not alcoholic and it's like one that was kind of a vegetable based juice sort of a detox kind of thing and then they had a fruit based juice and then they had kind of a combo of fruit and and vegetable and then the last two drinks were a fresh made mimosa with fresh squeezed orange juice which was really delicious and then they had the bloody mary that they normally give you at palo which i will say a lot of people love that bloody mary i find it to be a little underwhelming the tomato juice is very fresh but it's not very seasoned and so i'm a big for any of you out there from the, the south or new orleans i'm a big zing zang bloody mary mix i love to to get the the heat in my Bloody Mary. And this was just kind of a little plain, but it was a fun drink tasting. Nonetheless, I would definitely do it again. The juices I thought were kind of really the star of the uh, the star of the show. The downer for the drink tasting, as I said earlier, Skyline's closed and it's closed because they're doing all of the mixology and drink tastings in Skyline. And I think that that is an epic failure. Um, they are not really using Meridian during the day. So I don't understand why they didn't put the drink tastings up there uh, in part because Skyline is dark. It's so dark. I, you couldn't see the things that they were trying to tell you about. So you'd be like, oh, the first one is green. And it's like, well, it just looks like some dark color to me. I can't tell what I'm looking at. So it's not a well-lit space. So I don't think it's a great place to try and do some sort of educational seminar. And so I don't understand why they don't move those up to Meridian during the day and open Skyline at night so you can get some of the specialty drinks that are there. The other thing I did yesterday was I hit the gym. And so uh, there had been some rumors that there would be virtual queues or signups or things like that. They are not doing that. You can just walk into the gym during hours. They have you register your name and your stateroom number for contract tracing purposes and the time you come in and the time you come out. They also have you wear a mask the entire time you exercise, which was a struggle for me. That's not something I've I've had to do during the pandemic. So I was running in a mask on a treadmill. I did some weightlifting with the mask on. I have a gym at home, so I don't. I can work out my garage without a mask and I go running outdoors in Seattle. And so I, I don't have to wear a mask. That was brutal, I will say. But there were plenty of people there. The gym never felt full. There was like maybe four or five people when I was in there and it got down to two or three. And then I think I was the only person in there for a little while. The other thing I want to comment on really fast was between the dream and the fantasy, the protocols are a little different. So I don't know if that means the protocols are evolving fleet wide or if the protocols are being enforced differently or whatever it is. But like when we were on the dream, for instance, on Castaway Key, they were not enforcing the mask policy on the trams. Now on the fantasy, they are. On the dream, they were telling us we could move our chairs down to the water. On the fantasy, they don't care. Um, and I've just seen a couple other places on board where the protocols are just ever so slightly different. Another example is dream. They had a one-way hallway into the kids club. It does not appear that that hallway is one way on the fantasy. They also had uh, on the dream, you had to enter Cove Cafe in one door and exit in the other. On this ship, you can enter or exit either door. So I don't know if they're evolving their protocols or if the protocols are somehow different between the ships. Uh, so if you're hearing different things, it may just be things are changing as they go, which is not surprising right now. All right. So at the end of the day, Chad, we uh, yesterday had a great sea day on board, great weather. That evening, we decided to, we hit up Frozen. Net new show to the Disney fantasy. I will say real quick, Frozen on the Disney Fantasy looks a heck of a lot like Frozen at the Hyperion at Disneyland Resort. That is not a knock. That is a compliment because it is amazing to see that kind of a quality of show and also quality of cast and projections and and effects put on a ship at sea. So really, really well done show. Really, really well done. 
Chad, I want to go over to you because after the show, we went to my favorite bar on board, Meridian, the adult bar. They serve all of the fine drinks and liquors there at Meridian. I got myself my traditional Meridian drink, which is a dirty martini. Chad, our server, you told our server, I want a fruity drink, sweet and fruity. And he brought you the Rob Roy 21 or the 21 Rob Roy, I think it was. And uh, what did you tell our server after he asked you how it was? I was like, well, I wouldn't quite call this sweet or I wouldn't quite call this fruity, but it came with some macaroons that paired with it just phenomenal and nailed the sweet part. So I was like, it wasn't what I asked for, but it's still pretty dang good. So, you know, you got me something that I liked, which is all I really cared about. Okay. (laughs) And by the way, I got skipped on the Frozen review, Brian. So, well, go ahead. Yeah. Give your review of Frozen. So two thumbs up on Frozen. Absolutely positively loved it. Was absolutely amazed that they could pull all of that off on a Disney cruise ship. Where I thought Aladdin was a little flat at times, this one was just consistent. A home run, Grand Slam, start to finish. And really, 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 really enjoyed that. And I can't wait to bring my kids and my family to come see that show. So for those of you keeping count at home, that is two shows. And uh, heads up, there are three on board the Fantasy right now. So that is also net new from my experience on the Dream, where they ran one show on a three-night cruise multiple times. They are running three shows on the four-night cruise. So we have Aladdin, Frozen, and tomorrow night is Disney's Believe. We'll have to make kind of a game day call today whether or not we opt for Disney Believe or we keep a rainforest room reservation that we made at the spa because the two things conflict. And we've got Shang-Chi in the main theater tonight. So yeah, we'll have to make a little game day decision about the Rainforest Room versus seeing Disney's Belief. I guess the last thing to round out our uh, our evening is dinner and adult entertainment. Last night we were at Royal Table for my favorite menu, escargot, French onion soup, Chateaubriand. Uh, the server also brought us a little bit of the Salmon Royale to the table. My food was as good as it usually is on that menu. It's why it's one of my favorite menus. The salmon was a disappointment for me, but I also usually don't order it. I thought the salmon was actually cooked okay, but the dish surrounding it just felt like it was lacking something. I normally don't order the salmon because we're from Seattle and we get really good salmon in Seattle. And so if we go out, we're not ordering salmon, especially if we're outside the Pacific Northwest. But Chad, what did you think of your dinner last night? I think it was a step up from Enchanted Garden, but uh, what did you think? Oh, definitely moving in the right direction. And the French onion soup, two thumbs up. The escargot was good. It's not something I would normally get. So to have it on the menu here was really, really good. I thought the salmon was, like Brian said, it was okay. I typically don't get salmon out either because I feel like I can make it better at home myself. So it's not something I normally eat when I'm out. But uh, I thought it was was decent, but it wasn't like there wasn't anything to write home about. The uh, Chateaubriand was pretty good as well i thought it was it still lacked a little bit of flavor for for me so okay i'm just a very honest critic here it's this is what i like this is what i don't like and everything can't always be a home run so i'm pretty honest about that I also think it's it's fair right now to say uh, from an honesty standpoint, look, Disney is just coming back. The crew here is fresh back from nearly two years of not sailing. And so there's some kinks to still be worked out. What I find is still exists is a lot of the magic that comes from Disney Cruise Line. I'll give you one example of that. As we were sitting on the back of Meridian last night, Donald Duck leaned over the railing and wanted to say hi in his Halloween costume. And so his handler shouted down to us to, to wave up to Donald. And we had a nice little interaction with Donald, which I have never seen that before. So it 
it is great to see those characters out and about. The crew are clearly enthusiastic and trying to keep people happy. So that was nice. And so, yeah, so we had a great time at Meridian. Good dinner. I did try the souffle for the first time in Royal Court. I had not had it before. So I've now got it firmly implanted in my mind to compare to Palo. I think I already know which one is going to win, but I just not tried that souffle before. My favorite dessert is the strawberry shortcake sundae. Chad, what did you what did you have for dessert last night? The creme brulee, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, so good desserts. After dinner, we headed the tube for Match Your Mate, which, as any Disney Cruise Line fan knows, is on just about every sailing as adult entertainment and is a real star of the show. You've heard my thoughts on it. We've talked to guests about it, but Chad, Match Your Mate, a hit or a miss for you. It's definitely fun being in the audience on there. You were giving me a little bit of heads up that people tend to remember your answers, and sure enough, this morning at breakfast, I was like, oh! That was in the uh, development, dude, right? (laughs) Oh, this was at the friend's house, dude, right? Okay, so... Yeah, I can see how they've kind of like branded themselves for the rest of the cruise. So for those of you out there who don't know, Match Your Mate, what they bring is three couples up on stage, newlyweds, couple that's been together for a long time. So last night it was 30 plus years that they had been married and then a couple in the middle. Uh, and the couple in the middle for us was a 10-year married couple. They take half of that couple. Usually, you know, the women uh, usually answer the questions first while the men exit the stage and then they flip-flop. They ask the three questions. This time around, I will say one thing that's different is normally they lead them into Skyline, the couple that the men or the women who they're taking off stage, they lead the skyline and give them a drink. This time they had them sitting in the audience in chairs wearing the headphones from silent DJ disco <laughs> listening to music, which I think is a phenomenal change. And I hope they keep that post uh, post pandemic here because it's really funny to see these people sitting there and they have no idea what's going on. And all they can see is the crowd laughing or not laughing. But they asked some pretty racy questions. So when Chad was mentioning the dude in the development, uh, one of the questions they asked the guys is, where is one of the most interesting places you've ac- ever discovered the magic? And so I won't go into that. We're a family friendly podcast, but for the adults out there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and one guy... I answered that it was in a, in a minivan and a uh, development that was under construction and the one of the other guys was like at a friend's house. So Match Your Mate, still a hit, still love it. I still think the adult entertainment director is so key to these cruises and we have a good one. And so it's been great. So yeah, we're in Castaway Key today. Uh, we will report on our Castaway Key day here uh, maybe later today or tomorrow. Right now, I got to take Chad to Cookies so he can experience the Cookies barbecue for the first time. Yeah, we're going to pause it there and we'll, we'll be back in a bit. Well, while we're taking a quick pause in the trip report here, I need to stop and thank our amazing show sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. As you know, if you've listened to the show, we use Touring Plans Travel ourselves to book our own fabulous Disney vacations and Disney Cruise Line vacations, and we couldn't be happier with the service and expertise we get from our travel specialist over there. She is simply amazing, has helped us out a number of times when we've been in a jam, needed to make some last-minute reservations or last-minute changes to our trips. She's always looking out for us, and she helps us actually plan non-Disney cruises as well. We've got a Royal Caribbean cruise that she's helped us plan And she's been fantastic. She's constantly checking the rates for us and rebooking that cruise so that we save money here and there on the rate. It's fantastic. We love using Touring Plans Travel. And remember, it doesn't cost you anything extra to benefit from their expertise. Disney pays them at the time you travel. And so in some ways, you're leaving money on the table because they get the same rates that you would booking online, but they can apply their expertise. They can watch for deals. They can help guide you through the process and make sure that you're maximizing the value of that Disney vacation and also that you're maximizing the experience once you hit the ground running. So we love using our travel specialists over at Touring Plans Travel and know you will have a great experience as well if you use them. Just head over to touringplans.com slash travel to get a free quote and to book your next fabulous Disney vacation or Disney Cruise Line vacation. Let them know the DCL duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. All right, we're back at home. 
It's sad. Unfortunately, we are not on the cruise ship. We tried to record this last segment on the cruise ship at Meridian, where the drinks are strong and the opinions are stronger. So it's probably a good thing that we have the benefit of sobriety here to talk about the last couple of days of our cruise. So those were both Castaway Key Days. And Chad, this was your first experience at Castaway Key. We tried the Family Beach and Serenity Bay. What did you think of Disney's Castaway Key? I think if you're a beach person, it's got to be the bomb diggity. Okay, it has to be just the bomb diggity because it is that picturesque Caribbean ideal beach setting with a ton of kids and a ton of people. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, although our beach was empty. So the, the family beach was fairly quiet. It seemed like both days that we were there. I did not notice a lot of people. Serenity Bay, a little bit of a different story. But what did you think? as between the Family Beach and Serenity Bay? Well, the Family Beach was pretty cool. I did bring my own mask, fins, and snorkel, and I got all the way out to the lifeguard in the triangle where everything is sunken and had to paddle all the way back to go get one of those yellow blow-up vests. So note to self, if you bring your own gear, you got to wear a vest. So I did that that day, and... I looked at everything and thought, you know what? I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more on YouTube than I did live because I guess they can put the camera underwater and keep it down there and focus better. And so the YouTube was cooler of what's sunken there than it actually was because I'm fighting salt water in my eyes and nose and all that other kind of fun stuff to check that out. But it was cool. I I have to say it's like checked off of the list and I do not feel compelled to go back in and and re-snorkel all of that stuff again. Yeah, there are there are a few activities at Castaway Key that I feel the need to redo. We've done the Stingray Adventure. I thought it was cool. I don't know that I would do it again. Parasailing's one that I like to do occasionally because I just think it's really fun to do. And then you get these awesome views of the ship. So if you can bring along like a GoPro or something like that, you can get some really cool views of the island and the ship. I try to do the Fun Cat rental, which is a... Best way I can describe it is a motorized two-person lounge chair that sails around the bay for a half hour you have control of, but they only have three of them. Two of them were apparently dead battery or broken, and the third was also dead battery because the dream was in port ahead of us the day before. So did not get a chance to try out the fun cat rental. I did try a sea kayak, which was more work than I would typically want to do on vacation, but um, it was still it was still fun. The seas were pretty calm. I did forget to mention that unlike, so when we were on the Dream a few weeks ago, or uh, about four weeks ago now, they had the virtual queue available, but they never activated it for us to get off at Castaway Key. So I thought it was interesting because our Dream cruise had about 1,400 people on board. We heard various numbers for this cruise ranging from 1,000 to 1,200 on board, but they had the virtual queue activated. Seemed like, I, I don't know, Chad, what your thoughts were. It seemed pretty easy for us to get off, though. I mean, we, we, we would hit the button and get a virtual queue within a few minutes, I think. First thing in the morning, we probably had 35 groups ahead of us when we hit the virtual queue. But if you miss your window because you're eating breakfast and you go back, we, I mean, we just got a queue and walked right off. I, that was my impression. Brian, it seems like they said you could join the queue at 8 a.m., but I hit it just after 7 and it let me join. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. We have like a 835 to something virtual queue. And of course, we were having breakfast and I looked down and we're walking out of breakfast and it's like 850 or something and we'd missed the window. And so I just hit the button again and rejoined and it said, okay, you can come down in five minutes and do this. And I'm like, well, it's going to take us that long to go back to our room, get our stuff and make it out to the exit. So, yep. Of course, Chad, the other thing that you got to experience for the first time was cookies, barbecue, and 
the Serenity Bay barbecue. And so comparing those for a second, what did you uh, what did you think of the food on Castaway Key and, and as between those two locations? First off, as a Kansas City Barbecue Society certified judge, that is not barbecue. That is grilling. It is not barbecue. There was no low, slow, and smoking and staying on the smoker for hours on end. So let's not go confusing the terms there with barbecue. It was grilled. And I thought it was like mass-produced, mass-catered, grilled food. The first day I ordered a cheeseburger, and apparently it had been sitting there because it was as tough as a hockey puck and very charred. And I had the charred taste, and all I could taste was the abundance of natural propane or natural gas that they use to cook this with. And when you're used to hardwood and real legit barbecue, that stuff is just nasty. You you can't you can't go back once you're hardwood, real smoking. So to be honest with you, Brian, that didn't really sit well. But I thought it was okay food. I, I mean it didn't like blow my socks off of anything that I'd have to go back and eat again. But that was at Cookies One. I think you had a slightly better experience at Serenity Bay. Yeah, Serenity Bay, totally different experience. Hey, they had the steak there. I tried the jerk chicken there, which was really, really good because for jerk chicken, you don't really expect like a barbecue flavor. So you expect Caribbean spices and moist chicken, and they nailed that. That was awesome. And then we tried some of the fish there that was pretty decent as well. My hamburger there did not taste natural gas or propane in the least. So that was much better there. And I don't know if they're cooking for a smaller crowd or they're more conscientious of it because it's not families that are just trying to crank out food for the masses that'll eat anything. I don't know what it was, but the food was significantly better over at Serenity Bay. Yeah, well, and they also had they had steak. Uh, I thought the ri- they had ribs at Cookies One when we were there, but the ribs at Serenity Bay Barbecue were I thought were much better. The one thing that I noticed that was missing, we have a favorite dessert on the island that, that they typically have at Cookies and at Serenity Bay, which are these pineapple cakes, and they we didn't find them on the Dream Cruise, and they weren't out there on the Fantasy. So I I, I think they must be trying to rotate desserts now. So was missing the pineapple cakes. The other comment I was going to give on Serenity Bay was just it was very crowded. That was the more crowded of the beaches by far. The lounge chairs were taken up and down most of the beach. The other comment I was going to give on Serenity Bay is just we had an amazing photographer. So the switch that Disney has made to bring the photography back in-house, I think is really great. And especially at Castaway Key, they are out there. They are taking photos. We had a guy (laughs) waiting in just deep water taking pictures of uh, adults out there on Serenity Bay, you know, just uh, having a blast. So I think that that decision on Disney Cruise Line's part was a great one. And I, I, I hope that they continue that. And I hope that they continue to sort of put those photographers out there and, and get some more candid photos. I thought they were, I thought that was great. Uh, the other thing we didn't talk about on uh, Castaway Key, Chad, Pelican Plunger, water slide guy. Um, I am a water park guy, Brian, and I love water parks. I love Blizzard Beach. I love Typhoon Lagoon. I even love Aquatica over there at SeaWorld. Pelican Plunge, the slides were good. I was a little shocked at how deep the slides are into the water because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, my kids would like swim up to this and be able to touch. I couldn't touch when I swam up to the platform. I'd been down the Pelican Plunge slides but a while ago. And what I noticed this time around is there's a slow side. So for those of you out there who haven't experienced it, there's a slow 
open slide and a fast closed slide. And uh, you're going to end up with salt water up your nose, which uh, <laughs> Chad, I think you experienced that. I experienced that. But the slow open slide actually has a nice little plop drop at the end into the water. I thought, and, and Chad, I think you experienced this too. Those saltwater slides are, are were a little rough, rougher this time than I remember. I mean, my eyes are stinging out of that saltwater. That's the part I didn't enjoy, Brian. I like the slide part. I like the water part. I thought everything was just absolutely the bomb diggity, but I'm used to chlorinated water and I'm not used to it stinging my eyes with salt water. Well, and they force you into the water fast enough. I don't think like if you had goggles or something, even as a kid, I think they'd probably fly right off your face. So um, I think either way, you're getting salt water in your eyes. And I know I was like wading back to the beach trying to book it to the uh, the freshwater shower to just <laughs> rinse my eyes out. So it was it was a little stinging and painful. I couldn't just do repeat slides over and over again. So Chad, we got f- kind of four unique experiences that you got to have aboard this cruise. The first one came on our first Castaway Key evening when we had Palo dinner. Now, what did you think about the experience in Palo, the adult dining restaurant for all those out there who don't know? I enjoyed Palo. I did not manage my hunger well that day because I've been eating like little small snacks that were filling me up because I've been trying to lose weight prior to the cruise. So it's like my stomach is kind of not in pig out mode. And then you join a cruise and you just can't help yourself. And so I didn't manage like hunger management very well that day. So I had something at five o'clock knowing that we had like an 845 or 830 reservation that night. And I thought I would have a little bit more room than I did. So I walked in the door completely satiated. I I didn't need food, which was a horrible mistake. Everyone's got to have the rookie mistake on their first cruise and uh, not leaving room for Palo is one. But you did you did try a few things. I think we we started dinner with the fried calamari and the caprese salad. I, I, I personally like the caprese salad. I know it wasn't necessarily your jam, but I think you like the, the calamari, right? Yeah, the calamari was good. The caprese salad was was pretty good as well. I didn't like rave over either one of them because deep fried squid is pretty hard to mess up. It's as long as you keep the batter nice and light and you don't make it like Disney chicken finger crunchy and it's still a, a light batter, you're going to do well with that. Now, you, I think the star of the show for you came in the uh, the salad course, the white bean soup that you had. I think you really like that. Oh, my gosh, Brian, that white bean soup was absolutely amazing. That was probably the best thing I had on the entire cruise ship. There's just something to be said for pork and bacon fat. And there was just like nice little chunks of salty fat bacon in there to just flavor it all up and the white beans and oh, it was just to die for. Yeah, I I fought my spoon into the bowl for a second and got a taste and it was delicious. Uh, I, I agree. That was a really, a really nice soup. And I wasn't giving up much more than a taste there. Yeah, no. Well, you shouldn't have. It was delicious. Um, I also think the star of the show that night was the Osabuco. Oh, the Osabuco was just to die for. Perfectly cooked. Flavor, Brian. I mean, flavor beyond flavor beyond flavor. Nothing was just mellow about that thing. It was just like a a little party going on in your mouth the whole time. Yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. We also got the Dover Sole, which is kind of the traditional Palo table side presentation. I thought it was pretty good. Chad, I don't I don't I don't know that it ranked at the top of your list, but uh, what did you think of the Dover Sole? It was white fish. Okay. Like white fish, which is not a very flavorful fish to begin with. And then two bites earlier, I had that asabuco, which was just this flavor party explosion thing. So it it 
It just didn't stand a chance next to the Osabuco. Yeah, I will say the Osabuco is like a flavor explosion. So if that's what you're going for, that get the Osabuco. If you want something a little more delicate, I agree with Chad. It's white fish and it's it's really it's really being bolstered by capers and some other things on top to give it a little little delicate flavor. So different kind of dish, although still I still think well prepared and well cooked. Before we leave the fish here, Brian, let's talk about that deboning deal, because that was a show in and of itself. I mean, that guy had some serious skills is the way he cut that fish and filleted it right there in front of you. So for for everyone out there, what happens is they bring up a trolley, they put the fish down whole that's been filleted uh, and after it's been cooked, and then they they literally debone it using two spoons. Uh, so they never touch the fish except with the spoons. And they actually, like the way they fillet it, it ends up being four pieces that they then kind of rest back on top of each other to set on the plate, again, using nothing but these two spoons. <laughs> and so it is a really amazing sight to see as the entire kind of structure of the fish just comes out kind of usually neatly in maybe one or two pieces. So Brian, the whole time he was doing that, I was sitting there going, okay, you've got this candle lit dinner that's dim and all this stuff. It was everything I could do to keep from busting out my iPhone and hitting it with a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, so I did a cheese course. Cheese was great. They had some nice Parmesan cheese is a good balsamic, a typical kind of cheese course. I'll say the cheese course over at Remy probably remains better on board, but uh, you can't beat French cheese. So, the, you know, the Italians have it rough there. And then we did the souffles. We did a Grand Marnier souffle, a chocolate souffle, usually the star of the dessert menu at Palo. Uh, what do you think, Chad, of the souffles? I'm just not a souffle guy, Brian. It, I, I just can't get into them. They're kind of like a almond flour, like very flowery cake. A devil's food cake would have been my jam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time, next time you'll have to try the tiramisu. They have an outstanding tiramisu at Palo, so that might that might work its way into your repertoire a little bit. And so our our Palo evening also turned out to be Halloween in the High Seas night, Pirate Night, and Fireworks Night. So a lot of activities crammed into that evening. I will say I think that was a mistake to put all of that on top of each other. But I, Chad, what did you think? I thought the same thing. I thought we would have had like a little tiny Halloween stuff kind of sprinkled in throughout the whole cruise so that if you missed part of it, you still got it on another night. That's what I was expecting on this. But apparently my expectations are wrong because, I mean, I get Marvel Day at Sea, Star Wars Day at Sea is a day. But when I hear of Halloween on the high seas cruise, I think the whole cruise is going to be themed. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. And I, I will say that is not a, and I know we talked about this on board. There's not a huge departure from how Disney Cruise Line does it. You kind of get the theming the whole cruise, but the activity is usually restricted to one night. I thought the major mistake they made is one for everyone out there on Halloween on the high seas, there's tons of decorations out on the ship. Uh, they've got a big tree in the atrium with pumpkins hanging off of it. And normally what would happen is there's a show in the atrium. Kids are invited to sit up front. There's like a spooky story told. The tree is involved with some lighting and all that sort of stuff. And then usually there's also trick-or-treating in the atrium in the evening. On this particular night, you kind of had your choice of dressing up in your Halloween costumes or dressing up in pirate costumes. And by the way, the menu in the restaurants was the pirate menu and the waiters were all dressed up like pirates. I don't know that totally conflicts. I mean, everyone's kind of, you know, in costume in some way. It's just every all the wait staff are in pirate costumes, but a little bit weird. The only Halloween activity I think we really stumbled on was that they had a masquerade dance party on the deck in the afternoon at I think around four or six. I, I can't remember exactly what time, but it was not in the evening. It was kind of in the afternoon before early seating of dinner. And it was hot. It was hot. And the characters came out and danced and there's a little dance party. But that was it from a Halloween standpoint that I saw. I don't know if you ran into anything else, Chad. I mean, they're doing some movies and stuff, right? But I didn't see anything else going on. Yeah, they waited to put Shang-Chi up 
till that night. And I'm like, that's the marquee movie. Why are you running Black Widow that has been out in the theaters? It's been on Disney Plus. It's been all over. But it seemed like we got one or two viewings of Shang-Chi on the whole cruise. And I was just kind of scratching my head about that one because all I've heard people talk about is we got to see the premiere of this movie. And I'm like, but your most premierable movie didn't get ran all that often. And that one was a little confusing to me. Yeah, I think I saw maybe three or four showings of Shang-Chi, but some of them were while we were on the island. And a lot of people aren't going to take time to leave Castaway Key to go see the movie. Again, it was kind of a missed opportunity cramming so much into one evening because we had that masquerade dance party, pirate night menus. You could dress up either way. And then you had the fireworks at sea, which was the other experience we had that evening. I don't know, Chad, what you thought about the fireworks at sea. We talked about them on our last show. So I've seen them before. And, you know, I actually appreciate them. It's like a two and a half minute thing. But what did you think about Disney's fireworks at sea? I thought they were pretty neat. It was pretty, pretty, pretty limited and low key. They weren't doing super huge shells. They weren't going up all that high. But the fact that is, they're still the only ones who are doing this. So until somebody else comes along and trumps them, I don't know that Disney's going to put any more effort into improving their game here. I, what I will say is I, I am a big fan of this like two and a half minute fireworks show. I think that's nice. I also, uh, I know we said this on our uh, show about the dream and talking to Doug about his experience, uh, Doug from Rope Drop Radio about his experience on the on the dream as well. I do like the new theming of the fireworks shows. So, so Chad, we got two other unique experiences you got to have on board. We skipped Disney's Believe, the show in the theater for the Rainforest Room. I have done the fantasy Rainforest Room before. It's normally like a $15 per day experience and you can book a length of cruise pass, which I generally recommend against. I generally recommend pre-booking a couple of day passes, even on a seven-night cruise, because you probably won't use it every day, but you probably will use it a couple of days. And you can get a little bit of a discounted pass if you buy them earlier. So it's a typically just kind of a, a pass into the room. You can go in and out whenever you want. Right now, because of COVID, what they have done is you book the room for an hour and 45 minutes for you and up to Nine of your friends, so a party of 10, can go into the Rainforest Room at any point in time. And uh, they let you in, and it's yours for the hour and 45 minutes, and then you're kicked out. And if you want more time, you got to you know, make another reservation. The Rainforest Room itself, four shower experiences, a sauna, a, a dry sauna, a steam room, and then what they call a hammam, or it's sort of a Turkish bath. Yeah, four showers and three hot, wet rooms is what I called it. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, and 10 heated loungers and two hot tubs. So Chad and I got a personal hot tub apiece out on the deck. Uh, but Chad, what did you think about the experience of the, the rainforest room? Well, we kind of had the run of the room, Brian, which is why I gave up the show, which I thought I would really enjoy for this limited opportunity to kind of own the rainforest room. I thought it was cool. I thought the showers and all that were really good. I'm glad there's nobody else in there because some of the things I yelled when that cold water hit me after the hot water <laughs> <laughs> might have been embarrassed about that if I, if you had the recorder going, but that was a little bit of a shock. And what's this button do? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, cue up the beeps there. They do have a Siberian experience, which basically just dumps cold water on your head for 30 seconds. So, uh, yeah, before be, be forewarned, be forewarned there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read the buttons before you just start pressing them. Take my advice on that. That did not turn out well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I would say right now, the Rainforest Room is great if you've got a party of people. I, you know, I actually was, uh, as I was thinking about it while we were there, I sort of thought, well, you know, a massage costs like a hundred and something dollars on board. A couple's massage costs several hundred dollars 
you know, so, and those only last maybe in, you know, 50 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours at the most. So an hour and 45 minutes for the rainforest room at, uh, I think it was $175 for the hour and 45 minutes, kind of on par with some other experiences. So even if you have fewer than 10 people, you know, if that's your jam for relaxation, I'm not sure that it's priced out of the realm of possibility for a spa. Well, let's talk about the word treatment there, because that's not a treatment that, that, that I would consider. There was no massage therapist. There was no histologist, no cosmetologist. None of those ologists were there. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess I would say if it's your way of relaxing and, and you're getting the private experience, it's not half bad. I guess that's what I would say. It's not a bargain. It's not a bargain by any means. It's a bargain at the $15 uh, for the pass in. But I will say the private experience right now is nice from my point of view, because for anyone who's ever been in the rainforest room on an afternoon after a lot of people have used it, it's kind of a mess. And so being able to go in and, and know that, you know, there's not going to be wet towels on the floor or uncleaned body scrubs in some place, like it was kind of nice. I, I'll say that was kind of nice. Yeah. And the other part that I would recommend as well, and I kind of copy this one from you and I looked over when you're on that lounger, throw a couple of towels over you as a blanket. It's almost like that holds in the heat from the lounger a little bit more and it gets just warmer. It seems like it just penetrated my whole body more with that heat when I sat there with the towel on versus the towel off of me on the chair. So I think that's a pro tip, Brian. Of the other experiences that we had that were unique, you got to finally experience Animator's Palette on board Disney Cruise Line, which is fleet-wide. We had the Turtle Talk with Crush Show, which seems to be what they're running on the Dream and the Fantasy right now. Chad, what did you think about Animator's Palette? I have heard several people mention it as their favorite Disney restaurant, because in my show, I ask about people's favorite restaurants and best place on property to relax and enjoy a drink or a dessert. And, you know, over the course of a couple hundred interviews, Animator's Palette's come up a few times and I just had no concept of what it was or how to relate to it. I have to say, Brian, if I'm ranking Disney restaurants myself now, that's on the short list of the best of the best. Wow. Wow. What is so? What did you like about it? Decor, theming, food. What? What? Where, where did it shine for you? All of it. All of it. The food was pretty good, and I mean, again, Brian, this is catered cruise style food. So for it to get a pretty good ranking is is doing really well there. But the theming was just on point. You've got Crush there, who's he's one of my favorite characters. I love Crush. I love Turtle Talk with Crush as well. I think that about ties off all the experiences we had on board. Of course, we had the disembarkation experience, the saddest experience of all at Disney Cruise Line. I will say disembarkation was the same as we experienced on The Wonder a few weeks back and reported on. I uh, did not have to join a disembarkation queue to get off the ship this time around. They were just announcing the luggage tags and letting people go. But Chad, as we wrap up here, I got to ask you, where does Disney Cruise Line rate for you? Is it an experience that overall you enjoyed? Would you go back? Do you want to bring your family? Where does Disney Cruise Line rate? Yeah. So the whole time I'm on the ship with you, I'm like, this is great, Brian. Thank you for inviting me. This was an opportunity of a lifetime to get to do your first Disney cruise with a DCL expert. And then knowing that I got my second cruise lined up with you as well is really going to be cool. And my wife, Laura, is definitely coming with us on that one, as well as Samantha and your son. We're going to try to sneak my son on to that ship as well. I'm, I'm waiting for that reservation number to come up so that I can add him. So that part's really cool. But the whole time I was there, Brian, I was going, you know what? I hope Laura likes this and we'll find out on the Wish Cruise, because if she does, I want to do a seven day with the entire family. Well. 
Chad, as we wrap up here, I would be remiss in not letting folks know where they can find you. I think many of our listeners have found us through your show, but there's probably a few out there who I know have been considering DVC, have bounced over to your show. So if if you want to tell folks where they can find you and learn more about my DVC points, that'd be great. Sure. You can find us by just in any podcatcher you have, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, just search for my DVC points. And you should be able to find us. We're a, a black logo with some red fireworks that may or may not look like some mouse ears that you might be familiar with. But if you just search for DVC in any of those places, you'll still find us. You might have to scroll a little bit for a couple of other shows that are out there on DVC, but we always rank near the top of that list as well. And my DVC points is kind of similar to your show here, Brian, in the fact that we're community driven. We are the Amazon reviews of Disney Vacation Club. We do member interviews there where we unpack people's membership stories. If you think trip report over the life of a 50-year contract from wherever people are in their membership, that's what a lot of those shows are. We do resort reviews. We do Disney experience reviews as well. So like things that you could do with your points. We'll talk about why it's not a good value to book a cruise through Disney on your points. And we talk about everything that you could possibly do on your points. And we're pretty narrow in our focus to just DVC. So if you add us to your podcast playlist there, our content's usually going to be fresh content. There's not a lot of people out there in our space covering DVC the way we cover it. Well, I can highly recommend Chad's show. When I was thinking about buying into DVC, it was one of the shows that I listened to most often to educate myself on what Disney Vacation Club was. And so, Chad, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on your first Disney cruise. It was great to be able to introduce you to Disney Cruise Line and just had a blast. Thanks for having me, Brian. And thanks for this opportunity. I am looking forward to our next cruise together. And Brian and I are already starting to put our heads together and go, how can we do this joint listener cruise deal? So y'all stay on the lookout for that. Hopefully 2023 is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Keep your eye out for it. We are excited. All right. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Brian. Well, I'm so glad we could introduce Chad to his first Disney Cruise Line experience and even more excited that he's looking forward to taking his family on board sometime soon. I do think it's great when we can share the Disney Cruise Line experience with our families and friends. So really excited to be able to take Chad on his first cruise, excited to sail with him again in the future and really glad he could come on and share those experiences with us real time during his first cruise. So I also do need to give a special shout out to Christy Puddick from the DCL podcast for letting us have a little fun with her at the port there at the beginning of the episode. So thanks, Christy. If you're looking for a travel specialist christy is also one over at pack your pixie dust and uh, head over to the dcl podcast give them a listen if you don't already they've got a great show over there so thanks christy for letting us poke a little fun at you with that i do have another five-star review i'd like to read on the air this week this one comes from hi lee i believe i pronounced that right h-y-l-y-i who writes first rate podcast i'm not sure how they manage to snag such excellent guests but they do every episode always fun always informative super knowledgeable hosts but they also let their guests personalities shine through too if you're a long-time Disney cruiser are thinking about taking your first, give them a listen. I bet you'll end up subscribing five stars all the way. Well, thank you for that review. We really appreciate it. And I just want to echo something the reviewer said. We really appreciate each and every one of our guests for coming on and giving of their time and letting us share their experiences. So thank you to each and every one of our guests out there. With that, I do just want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening. As always, we really appreciate each and every one of our listeners as well. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. So you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us those five-star reviews. We love reading them on the air and connecting 
with our listeners. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to Facebook and join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group. If you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can browse to patreon.com slash Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping us put this show out each and every month. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.